are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A really frequent question when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings and the way that 2021 is going to play out is why won't Mike Zimmer adapt or is Mike Zimmer too stubborn for this or or that? And the ways in which coaches adapt or evolve, if you want to call it, you know, overarching changes to scheme or something like that, or even halftime adjustments, more micro things in games or adjustments they even make in drives. I find that it mirrors very well onto the way that any competitive environment works. And perhaps the most competitive environment of all is nature. And I think nature can instruct us quite a bit and help us make sense of how things evolve in a sport like football. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Before I get into the show today, I want to shout it out. Today is the last day of the Ultimate Season Preview on Odyssey. You can go catch the whole thing and catch up. The Ultimate Season Preview 2021, wherever you find your favorite podcast feeds, it's like a separate podcast feed. It's eight episodes, one for each division, where all four Locked On hosts for that division all got together and previewed the division, previewed all the team's rankings and all of that stuff. So you can just go listen to the NFC North. You can listen to all of it, whatever you want. Check that out on Odyssey or wherever you find your favorite shows. It was really, really, really fun to do. And of course, it's very fun to make fun of Lauren Cox and the Chicago Bears. Um, Today on the show, I want to go in the weeds a little bit. Um, There's a lot of, I'll call them, you know, kind of cliche conversations that we have a lot about the Vikings. And one of the ones that comes up all the time is about Mike Zimmer and adapting. And uh, I think because he's old, like because he's physically like an older coach, uh, I think he often gets misattributed as a stubborn, non-adaptive coach. Um, You know, like a lot of old coaches are, they are set in their ways and they're not going to move. And it's like this kind of stereotype thing. Uh, And I don't know if that's the case, but to kind of tell you how that works, because I think a lot of times when we're talking about that with Zimmer, we're really just talking about how the Vikings run the ball more than you like them to. Um, I talked about that uh, the other day about like what I kind of think about that run pass ratio conversation. But when it comes to Zimmer, uh, in like on the whole, um, I, I think to kind of understand when I say Zimmer adapts a lot to understand what I mean, um, I want to tell you about something entirely uh, unrelated. So bear with me. But there is a and I'll link it in the show. notes. There's a phenomenal video by the YouTube channel Veritasium about evolution. Uh, and the there is this experiment going on. Uh, some university or other that has been going on for like 30 years uh, about evolution. And and it has gone on every single day, weekends, holidays, whatever. Um, Somebody is taking this bacteria culture and like continuing the experiment. The way it works is they took some uh, E. coli bacteria, some little colonies of, of E. coli bacteria, and they grow it over a day. And then they take 
a bunch of colonies of bacteria, separate colonies, um, put them in separate controlled environments, uh, and let those colonies all grow. And basically growing new colonies of bacteria, new generations of bacteria every single day for 30 years. And if you were to extrapolate the, those generations of bacteria to generations of humans, it, what they've done so far would simulate about one and a half million years of human evolution. Like think about what we were a million and a half years ago. We were apes running around, right? Um, so you can kind of get the sense that you, you can see how that bacteria evolves. And the way they measure it is really cool. They'll have different colonies of bacteria kind of compete against each other. Um, and then they'll kind of harvest the winners, right? So, and and they, they keep bacteria from each round, each generation, and they will freeze one forever so that you can go back and get a bacteria culture from 2006 and have it compete against one against today, against one today and see if the bacteria has uh, gotten better at surviving and better at, you know, producing energy and better at reproducing and if it outcompetes, you know, the old stuff. And it almost always does. It's the nature of evolution, right? Um, very, very cool experiment. Uh, and the video ends on this really cool point which is that the model for uh, evolution kind of starts with an initial explosion, right? If you put something into a new environment uh, and ask it to adapt, it will do most of the adaptation right away because it has to to survive, right? And if it doesn't survive, then it doesn't, you know, reproduce and pass things on and natural selection and all that stuff. And then it all kind of tapers off. And it turns into like an asymptote or like a kind of continually approaching this like upper bound. Um, but that's not how this bacteria works. It doesn't have that upper bound. And I think that's really cool that evolution doesn't have an upper bound. And in football, which is a competitive environment where if you don't adapt, if you do not have the correct traits and the correct skills to survive in a particular environment, you will not survive, right? You'll get fired and another coach will come in with a better idea than you. Uh, there is similarly no upper bound. There is no point at which football is a solved game. And I think we often talk about football as a solved game. We kind of say, well, I mean, everybody knows this now, right? You go for two uh, you go for a two-point conversion when you're down 14 and you score a, a touchdown. You go for the two. Everybody knows this. All the math is there. This is a solved problem, all that stuff. Um, but perhaps not necessarily, right? If you don't have a goal line play you feel good about, then maybe don't lean on that. Or if, you know, they have some nose tackle that's been kicking your butt all night, maybe you don't want to put the game in the hands of your center who's been getting his butt kicked, right? Um, and those are all problems, but you don't want to compound them. And there's always, you know, times for this. Um and I think those sorts of adaptations, the, the things we do to survive, have shaped football into what we know it as today. And I could talk your ear off with a million stories. I'm going to tell you a few of them today about how football coaches evolve and how they have evolved in the past and how that has defined what we look at today uh, and, and like the product we actually see 
on the field. But for a less esoteric and uh, nebulous look at football, you can always just go for a gramble. Bet Online is your one-stop shop for all pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor, Survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Just head to the website. You can use your phone too. Sign up today. You get a hundred percent welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. If you want to bet on tomorrow's, yeah, tomorrow's season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, you can make a wager. And if you lose, you'll get refunded up to $25 of that wager. So you want to drop 25 bucks on something just to kind of say YOLO and go for it. That 25 bucks will be refunded even if you lose, only for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. And take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I want to tell you a few stories about NFL evolutions um, and adaptations, and they kind of tend to happen when somebody's back is against the wall. If you want to go back to the very, very beginning, when football was still sort of taking shape, uh, and you want, to, like, the first sort of big wave, and I'm sourcing this from a book called Blood, Sweat, and Chalk, which you can buy on Amazon, uh, the first wave that you kind of see in, like, documented history, the first real copycat thing was the wing tee, which we would now know as the wildcat. Um, and the Wildcat is not wasn't a new thing that Tony Sperano made up in 2008. That was stuff from the 1920s. Um, but basically, there were there was a school that had a bunch of crappy players uh, that were all too small and they couldn't run the ball on anybody. They would get destroyed. But they had this one really short, fast guy who was way faster than everybody else, and they had to figure out a way to get him the ball. And then they figured out that uh, directly snapping him the ball and just having him be faster than everybody else and um, you know, setting up the gaps the way that they wanted to was really, really good. And it turned out every high school had a dumb, small, fast guy. Uh, not, not dumb, but, you know, it's a, a tiny little fast dude. And uh, they all kind of started running the this version of the wing T. And then from there, you know, a defense that was good against the wing T became popular. And then an offense that was good against that defense became popular. And you kind of, offense and defense trades back and forth and goes uh, sort of, trading blows like that for the rest of history. And we're still in that cycle. Uh, a couple of my favorites are the old uh, Air Coriel offenses uh, at like San Diego State with like Don Coriel. And then later, Norv Turner taking that to Dallas to go win a bunch of Super Bowls with Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin uh, running like, you know, 989, which in that nomenclature means a nine is a go route and eight is a post. So go route, post, go route. Uh, and that was, you know, the big play. That was the play. That was the thing. Like, nobody could stop Michael Irvin on that. Um, one of my favorites, though, comes from Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And this comes from a an interview that they did or a thing they did with HBO, I think it was, uh, where they sort of told all their, like, old stories. And the story goes that back in the 90s, early 90s, I think, when Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and Nick Saban was a defensive coordinator. And those two guys would get rolled up by the Steelers every single year. Um, and what they wanted to do was figure out a way to get, you know, they, they didn't want to play zone anymore. 
um, because the Steelers were just too good at picking apart those zones, and they didn't really have the horses to play those guys straight up man-to-man. So they figured out a mixture of the two, where you would take zone kind of rules to decide who you play, but you can play uh, man-to-man technique after you have decided who you're going to play. So if a guy comes through your zone, you take him, and you play man-to-man against him, and that's the rest of the play. So if they, say, would do something like a, a switch release against you, where you know you have the two wide receivers and they would kind of cross each other's paths before actually running their route to confuse the coverage, right? If you're man coverage, you have to kind of either pass those guys off or you know cross each other's paths just as smoothly, and that can be hard, and that can lead to mistakes and stuff. With what they would eventually call pattern matching, which I usually call like man match um, or zone match is a, another variation on it. Uh, they would just say, I'll take the outermost guy. It's not a zone. I'm not taking this landmark to that landmark. I'll take the outermost guy. You take the innermost guy. And if there's three, I'll take the outermost. You take the middle guy. And another one will take the one on the inside. And you would actually count that off. One, two, three. So if you ever hear, uh, he's got to cover the two or cover the three, it's usually that nomenclature that was kind of uh, what Belichick and Saban would use back in, in that time. Saban's still running all this stuff at Alabama, and the Vikings actually took their defensive backs coach um, to sort of get back to basics on this. It's a big Mike Zimmer thing. Um, there are a million stories like this. Pretty much everything you can think of, the West Coast offenses of the Bill Walsh era, um, you know, the wide zones of, of Gary Kubiak and Mike Shanahan that we run here in Minnesota now. Um, everything you can think of was sort of born of a problem and that problem needing to be solved. So for the next part of this little story here, I want to tell you about the uh, evolution of Mike Zimmer, because as you know, on the, the zoomed out biggest picture scale, the way that the NFL works has evolved so too has evolved, you know, individual people and people don't stay in the league for 30 years without learning a new trick or two. And I want to explain how Mike Zimmer evolved, both because I think it's cool, but also because I think it illustrates the point about Mike Zimmer, not necessarily being the most stubborn, unadaptive head coach. I actually think that couldn't be further from the truth, and I'll explain in a little bit. But first, let me tell you about the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. If you are a chocolate fan, you are going to be a Bilt Bar fan. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's not going to knock you off the wagon. They have like 17 grams of protein and like 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of carbs, uh, and like a 100 and some calories. Like it's super... Uh, friendly to if you're trying to lose or maintain weight if you're it's keto friendly if you're doing that and it comes in nine delicious flavors like cherry barcia uh peanut butter chocolate chocolate mint chocolate coconut coconut almond even um they've got nine standard ones i recommend the sampler box where you get two of each but you can also get specialty flavors that come around their website it's built.com so just check built.com every once in a while sometimes there's a sale on some limited time only flavor you don't want to miss out on all that stuff so head on over to built.com you can use promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and you get 15 percent off of your next order that's promo code locked 15 at built.com 
I also want to talk to you about the Locked On Viking Survivor Pool. Please join the Survivor Pool. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, we're running a pool with Run Your Pool, which I'll tell you a little bit about in a second. Uh, winner gets exclusive bunny content. A picture nobody else can see of the bunnies. That's just all for you, your triumph for winning. Um, it is a free-to-join survivor pool, mostly just for fun. Uh, but go check it out. we got like 150 people, and it's insane. Um, if you get in, uh, as long as you get in before kickoff of the Thursday opener between Dallas and Tampa Bay, you are good to go. And uh, that that'll be that run your pool is a great place if you want to run your own office pool as well. It's ridiculously easy and they have way more formats than just Survivor. They got pick them. They have squares. They have margin confidence pools 33 and more. And they have all sorts of options and settings to make it your own. You can reconnect with everybody and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action packed this season. So check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Have your pool up and running in minutes. That is runyourpool.com slash locked on. So, let me get to the Mike Zimmer part of this story. So here is, this is basically going to be the primer on Mike Zimmer and his defense. So we're going to go really broad strokes here. I've told most of these on the show uh, for a while. So if you are a frequent Locked On Vikings listener, you've probably heard all these stories before. Uh, and so I apologize. Uh, but hey, a refresher is good. And if you're new, welcome. Thank you for joining. And I love you. Uh, the first time Mike Zimmer joined the Vikings was 2014. And who was the defending champion in 2014? Pete Carroll's Seahawks. And Mike Zimmer at the time had been running a pretty similar version of cover three. That was his uh, main coverage shell. So three deep players, usually two corners and a safety, although there's variants that have both the safeties be deep and a corner is shallow or whatever. You can do a lot with it. Um, and that was the Legion of Boom. That was that whole thing. And everybody was kind of taking it on. And it still is the coverage du jour in the NFL today, really. I think there's more cover three teams than anything else still. Um, although I don't, that might be rapidly becoming untrue as defenses continue to adapt. Uh, the, so that was kind of the, the metagame of the NFL, if you will. And Zimmer came to Minnesota and he gave, I mean, he was famous for his double A gap mug looks. Um, but, Really, he ran pattern matching, the old, like, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban style, the, the pattern matching. Um, and he ran cover three, and he ran a lot of attacking blitzes from a 4-3 shell. That was what he did. So he came in in 2014, and what did they do? They went and got a good nose tackle in Linval Joseph. They extend Everson Griffin because they believed in him, and he drafts a dynamic blitzing linebacker that they can kind of get creative with in Anthony Barr, right? That's like the first thing Zimmer does oh and get a good slot corner in, in captain munderland that can help in the run game as well that was what zimmer did right away right that's what the vikings did to reconstruct that ailing leslie frazier old tampa 2 defense um and that worked for a really long time right 2014 was a kind of whatever rookie head coach year 2015 they had a great defense 2016 they had a great defense even though they didn't make the playoffs because of what happened on offense that year uh 2017 they had a historic defense and that brings us to the 2017 nfc championship game do you remember that one i sure wouldn't like to but that was the 38-7 debacle and what happened in that game was 
run pass options. And you remember all the bluster about run pass options and Doug Peterson using them. And hey, he rode, he rode that to a Nick Foles Super Bowl. So more credit to him. But that really took advantage of the way that cover three asks its linebackers to cover because very often, just spatially, a linebacker's coverage assignment will be in the opposite direction of his rushing assignment. And so if you can put him in a run-pass conflict where he doesn't know what it is, uh, and not just a play action like a fake, but literally like nobody knows what it is, if it's a run or a pass, and he has to decide, you can make him wrong if both run and pass are a viable option. And that, more or less, not only did that take, uh, you know, just create a lot of really easy gains on the Vikings, just on successful run-pass options. It left the Vikings in one-on-one situations, it, you know, and a couple of Vikings players like Harrison Smith and uh, I think and Anthony Barr like had like really bad games, I think. Uh, Anderson Day had a really bad game. Xavier Rhodes had a really bad game. Williams and all those guys, right? So that was kind of the genesis of that 38-7, to and that was the taste left in Zimmer's mouth. So he adjusted, adjusted his rules a little bit so that linebackers didn't have to make the choice anymore that's kind of when you're when somebody's being attacked as a conflict player really the solve is to say okay if you're being you know stretched between choice a and choice b always make choice a and we will scheme something else that covers choice b for you so that you don't have to think about it and that's going to be our kind of answer and so that's more or less how that worked fast forward to week four 2018 another game you probably wish to forget the uh thursday night debacle with Sean McVay scoring like three touchdowns on Anthony Barr in coverage, that whole, you know, you're the Jared, the great Jared Goff game, you probably remember it, right? And what happened on that was that Sean McVay had figured out Mike Zimmer's rules, Mike Zimmer's pattern matching uh, principles and stuff, and figured out that sometimes that meant that Anthony Barr would carry the three, would carry the innermost receiver, even if that guy went all the way downfield. So Sean McVay said, okay, we'll just do that and we'll carry that guy all the way downfield. And it was difficult to unlock those situations. A lot of times that meant a guy had to come across the formation. Um, So he would have to, you know, start on the left side of the formation and then run at Anthony Barr and almost become the four, right? Or become, you know, the three when there were only two guys over there so that there wasn't a dedicated coverage person ready to pick that guy up. You kind of had to put the Vikings in a situation where maybe they only have two corners on this side and Anthony Barr is the emergency third and you make them use the emergency plan. But that emergency plan is Anthony Barr one-on-one against Cooper Cup and you can get a 75-yard touchdown on that, right? Um, So Sean McVay kind of worked... Mike Zimmer that way. He dunked on him, right? What did they score? Like 40-some in that game? Like 30-some? I forget what the final score was, but it was like 41 points or something like that. Um, Totally dunked on him, right? But that was a Thursday night game, which means the Vikings had 10 days to pick up the pieces. And who were they going to visit next? Doug Peterson's Eagles. So to not get absolutely dunked on by the Eagles again, Mike Zimmer basically went back to the drawing board. And he even said so. He said, nah, we're going to change everything. I'm throwing the whole book away uh and he leaned on there's a phenomenal article from arif hassan that he wrote around this time around 2019 i think that sort of details this but he, he leaned on michigan state um went and found some college tape and stole some concepts from them and michigan state was a quarters team so cover four and quarters that means four deep guys and they split the field you know outside inside inside outside split it into quarters And that was entirely unlike anything Doug Peterson had prepared for at all. And the Vikings would go on to win that game. And that 
kind of was what the Vikings were until about middle of 2019. The thing about quarters is that quarters requires your cornerback to cover an entire sideline a lot of the time because you got four guys deep. You don't have as many guys underneath, and so you kind of have to ask the cornerback, hey, you kind of have to come up and rally if there's something underneath, and if it's an underneath route, say, you know, you're one-on-one with an outside receiver and that guy's going to run a curl, you're not going to get any underneath help. You just got to cover that guy. You just got to beat that guy when you're running, you know, man-match, pattern-matching principles. Um, And that works out great when you have peak Xavier Rhodes, but... You might remember Xavier Rhodes started to slow down a little bit and he didn't have necessarily a, as easy of a time winning those one-on-one man-to-man matchups anymore. So he would have to kind of let the underneath stuff go. But what, of all people, Bill Callahan and the uh, Washington football team, as they were led by Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins in a Thursday night game that ultimately the Vikings would win... Terry McLaurin figured it out and, uh, you know, the, the, the Washington offense and Terry McLaurin would run like a 15 yard curl or a quick comeback or something and realized that Xavier Rhodes was playing it too conservatively and got a whole bunch of catches on Rhodes that way. And from there, the jig was kind of up and uh, everybody started to realize you could do this to Xavier Rhodes and the Vikings had to kind of move to a more conservative cover to style of offense. And then 2020 hits where everybody's bad and they could really only run the most like vanilla stuff because nobody knew what they were doing at all. So 2020 kind of the the story veers into weird Alice in Wonderland territory with Dylan Mabin and whoever else you can find at 7-Eleven. What's beautiful about this, what's beautiful about evolution, and to go back to the bacteria E. coli culture experiments, there is no upper bound to evolution because environments will continue to change, stuff will continue to adapt you know, uh, deer will eat plants until plants figure out how to get spikes on them so that there's less deer eating them, but then there will be more deer. And that means that more cheetahs will find the deer. You know, it's, it, it will be this kind of constant give and take. Um, and yeah, there is no room for coaches who do not adapt. And I think if Mike Zimmer had refused to adapt, I don't think he makes it to the end of 2018 as the head coach of the Vikings. That is not a guy that refuses to adapt. It's a guy who embraces it. So uh, tomorrow is a very fun day. It's crossover Thursday. That means we're going to get Jake and James on here from Locked on Bengals there. And we're going to talk about the game. And then Friday, think about your bold predictions because I'm going to be asking for them on Thursday. Uh, but then Friday, we're going to do bold predictions and kind of preview the game. And then we got a game and we're in the season, baby. I also want you to shout out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Those guys do a great job of getting your grambles straight. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.